0: Hey everyone, hope you are all good. So before I go into today's podcast, what I am going to announce is something pretty big. So the Female Fat Loss Program is starting and is launching already for a start date of the 8th of January. So why am I talking about it now really early on? Because I know it's gonna sell out. I know the numbers are gonna be, at a level that we're going to sell out so why am i offering it to the people who listen to the podcast and the email list first because you've been loyal you because you've been listening to this throughout the rest the rest throughout the whole year and it's been amazing and the support has been amazing so i want to reward you with being given the priority list and the offering of getting jumping in on the female fat loss program starting on the 8th of january 2024. so what do you get you get rid of the all or nothing approach you get eight weeks of coaching You get weekly check-ins, you get accountability, you get your own personalized training whether it's home or gym or you can do your own training, you get your personalized calories, you get an individualized coach, you get a one-to-one call with me towards the end, you get a Facebook group with like-minded people, you get weekly lives and did I say that you get rid of that all-or-nothing mindset and you also know that you're taken care of in January, that you're not going to do the same silly shit that you normally do. Excuse my French, but it's not the same city shit that you normally do, which is go full ham and full restriction after eating all the full hams after Christmas. So if you're interested in joining the female fat loss program and getting things right in 2024 and making 2023 the last year that you ever feel like the way you currently do and know that you have the power to reset after Christmas and know that you're in safe hands after Christmas, the price is €99 for eight weeks that is w- less than 1 euro eighty per day. That's less than your, your cup of coffee that you buy probably every single day. So if you are interested in signing up for the Female Fat Loss Program starting on the 8th of January for €99, euro, click on the link in the show notes. If you want more information, drop me a DM or drop me an email and we can have a chat and we can kind of go from there. So it's €99 euro for eight weeks starting on the 8th of January 2024. Hope to see you there in the Female Fat Loss Program. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast and the Q&A for the Female Fat Loss Program. So tonight's Q&A is going to be a fair amount of information. So we're going to talk about how to manage meals out when counting calories. We're going to talk about the difference between kind of NutriCheck and MyFitnessPal. We're going to talk about mobility training. Is it worth the hype? Because there's so much out there about it. We're going to talk about a question around kind of bmr bank uh, kind of burning calories and the whole whoop band kind of thing that's kind of going on at the minute. Cause it's been asked even from me, from relatives at a recent relatives thing that I went to about whoop band is a worthy investment. Um, then we talk about the benefits of logging in advance. I know that's been kind of put on a few people's kind of feedbacks this week, uh, a little bit more certainly the structure helps to navigate when our moods goes off or, how, how to navigate the kind of like when variety kind of comes into play and then we're going to talk about the opinion on using bike or exercise bikes rather than going for walks as well because the weather is a little bit darker um, and also we might not feel safe with going for a walk in the dark as well which is completely understandable and i'll never force a client to make to go for a walk if they don't feel safe paramount and i know There's GAA pitches out there um, that people can use or can go for walks together and stuff. So the first question I'm going to answer, which is probably the one that people are going to be looking for, I think the first question is going to be how to manage meals out when counting calories. And I think what's happening now in the next kind of four or five weeks before Christmas is there's going to be a lot of meals out, nights out, and people are going to be freaking out about their progress and all that kind of stuff well i don't want people to be freaking out one if you've been kind of listening about kind of weekly calorie averages beforehand you shouldn't be worried about it and if you've been applying it shouldn't be worried about it generally i try to get my clients to stop dieting and maintain probably about two weeks before christmas if not three weeks before christmas depending on how much they've got going on so because it's very difficult because I saw some of my one-to-one clients, I generally got them to write out a diary of a social diary for themselves this week and got them to send it across to me. So we can make a plan of action for each week for each client. So we can say, right, you've got three events this week. This might be, this might not be the week for you to be losing weight. It's just about kind of keeping your head above water and doing the simple things that work. And then other clients have nothing on this week and we're just kind of plodding along what we're doing. So. When my fitness ball and counting calories, it isn't 100% accurate. That's the big thing. And then on top of that, when we're out for meals, we don't necessarily know what's in the meals. The chef's job, number one job is to make the food as tasty as possible. It isn't to be to the button, 600 calories for a particular dish on the menu. So we don't know exactly what's going on in the menu. So what I'd probably recommend, and Michael, who's here, I can see now, Michael is here. So he made a valid point of maybe bringing it up by three or 600 calories. I think an even better way on top of Michael's way is really, really useful and really, really simple. Another way that isn't evidence-based proof, but what can help people is multiplying what they think it is by one and a half. So if you think something is maybe 500 calories, maybe multiply it by one and a half. So it brings up to 750 calories. So Google it up onto my fitness pod beforehand Maybe you're having, I don't know, I don't know, I'm going to say like a chicken curry and you may think it's like 700 calories. Multiply by 1.5. Maybe even have a look at the menu before you head out and say, right, this one I'm going to have for my dinner and enter it in beforehand so you know what your budget is for the rest of the day. And then you could spread it across the week and that could help you and bring that focus in for you. But that multiply thing by 1.5 can really be useful and it probably be a lot more accurate than if you were to go off what the menu is. And even if it's not on the menu, well, then it might be a little bit more accurate for you. Um, One other thing that you could do, a big thing that people need to look at is what their intent is before they go out for meals out. If your intent on every single meal out and night out before you you go out is to go full ham, well, you're going to go full ham and you need to take a little bit of ownership behind what you're doing. I've never seen anyone derail themselves from a night out or a meal out. I've only ever seen anyone derail themselves by continuing that action for days and weeks on end afterwards. It's what we do afterwards that derails people. It's not the event that derails people. It's their choice that they choose to go in the direction, they. the continuous action in it's a particular direction. So what I teach my clients with the group, particularly with the one-to-ones, is the element of a weekly calorie average. So if you have one meal out, so say if you overspend one day of you, when you get your payment slip and you get money into your account on payday and you, all your bills go out, you adjust your budget for the rest of the month to see what you have each week for the rest of the month. It's the exact same thing with calories. So say if your calorie targets 2000 calories a day, that's 14,000 calories in a week. And if you overspend on Saturday and Sunday and you have 3000 calories in both days, That leaves you with 6,000 calories to spend across the rest of the week, and that will still allow you to be within your budget. But most people think one meal is going to derail them. They think one dinner is going to derail them. A couple of drinks will derail them. It won't if you work it off a calorie average. It doesn't take one meal or one salad to lose weight, and it won't take a couple of drinks or a meal out to gain fat. That's not how it works. If it was that easy, we would all be where we want to be. We we'll would all be where we want to be. So we need to accept some sort of thing with our intent. If your intent is to go full ham for the whole weekend and inverted commas, press the fuck up button, Paul Dermody's term, I do think people hide behind that term a little bit because it's a way to justify the action rather than taking ownership for the action. I think it's a great term and it's really useful for people to get that analogy of like just sitting on a big red button and going boom, making the rocket go Boom. But I do think people take need to take a little bit of ownership behind their intent. And that's why I always ask clients, particularly one-to-one, like, what's your intent for the weekend? They ask me how to manage the weekend. Like, what's your intent? But well, I want to enjoy it. Okay, let's enjoy it and just press reset and focus on the reset. And then you'll have other clients who's like, well, I just want, I'm just going to have a couple of drinks and I'm going to have my takeaway. And they enter it into the app if they're counting or they just focus on getting back into regular meals afterwards. But it does depend on your intent. Another thing that can help someone is if you're out for a meal, use the two out of four rule. So if you listen back to the Scott Bakhti episode, he spoke about the two out of four rule. So starter, main, dessert, drink, pick two out of those four. Rather than having all four, if you want to have all four, go for it. Own it. watch your intent? But stick starter, main, dessert, drink, have two out of the four. So some people are starter, and main kind of people, some people are drinking a main kind of person, some people are a main and dessert type of person. I'd be a main and dessert kind of person, so it depends on what you, way you want to manage and what way you want to do it. Um, with alcohol around counting calories, some people it's not the night out that derails people, it's what they do after, it's the takeaways after, or the Zaytune, or whatever it may be, after the night out. Or it's what they do the next day with the takeaways rather than having some sort of structure. A weekend won't derail anyone, a night out won't derail anyone, a meal out won't derail anyone. But if you're out for meals, 1.5 can help you. If you're out for meals and you're not counting calories or you are counting calories, two out of four rule can help you. So start a main dessert drink, pick two out of the four, maybe have a look at the menu beforehand and pick what ones you want. Maybe enter it into the app before you head out. So in that morning you're heading out entering while you're having into the app for some people this could help and you can see right i've got 600 calories left for the rest of the day i'm going to spread that over 300 for breakfast three or three hundred for lunch and go that way banking calories can help people so i normally suggest no more than 10 percent so if you've got 2,000 calories a day to spend 10 percent of that's 200 so you bank calories two hundred or eighteen hundred Monday to Thursday for your event on Friday and you have about a thousand calories or about twelve hundred calories once you reset on the Sunday to um to use so that twelve hundred calories quite a lot of calories so if you do it that way it's a lot easier but most people will try to restrict all week I'm going to be good all week in inverted commas and that and normally ends up in implosion and normally ends up going the opposite way you want to go So 10% is where I'd probably recommend it. But if you're probably eating less than, yeah, if you're down in there, the 12, 13, 14, 1500 mark, you might be doing, you might be eating too little for what you need right now and might be in restrictive mode. But it depends on the person, depends how hard that person wants to go as well. So drinking doesn't cause fat gain. It's not what derails people. Count it into the app if you're counting calories. Don't just count when you're doing what you're saying you're gonna do. That's really, really not helpful. If you are, if someone is working with a coach, ask the coach for guidance on how to manage it. They will tell you how to manage it. Any good one will tell you how to manage it, or else they'll allow you, they'll ask you the question of, well, how do you want to manage it? If you're going full ham, just have a plan out of it. Have your shop in the next day, just have some sort of routine for the next day. Two out of four rule, the meals out won't derail you. Power of intent, power of ownership, and banking calories. All right. Um, So the next question is NutriCheck versus MyFitnessPal. All right. So I've used both of these. So MyFitnessPal is the one that's probably the most popular. It's um, the one owned by Under Armour. And then there's NutriCheck as well. So I've used both of them. They are really, really useful. And they can be very, very different. Um, And I know I put this into the group in advance already. Um, so my fitness pal is, you can, the one thing I would say about my fitness pal is it's a database created by the general public. Um, and it's a lot more us-based, the kind of like the, um, the food on it. So if you've got someone who's maybe doesn't maybe have the best education around food, they are potentially the ones loading the database. So that's why you, when you type in pancakes, you get a database of anywhere between 100 calories and 1,500 to 2,000 calories. So the ba- database might not be the strongest. So that's why sometimes the barcode scanning function with my fitness pal. but now you have to pay for it, which is a pain in the hole. But it can help you with that, just kind of reading the back of a label and entering it in that way, if you know how to read the back of a label. Uh, it can link to your garment or your fitness tracker even though I normally don't recommend to do that because it normally adds back in the calories that you've burned and you end up eating those calories back and then you wonder why you're not losing weight. Um, the MyFitnessPal is a paid version now. There's NutriCheck as well. Um, can help as well. Uh, the one thing I would say about MyFitnessPal is one negative is you can link it to your Garmin and your all well, your fitness trackers, but I would also say that you can enter in the 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 rate of weight loss that you want to go for so most people would pick the two pounds of weight loss that they're kind of going for and they're wondering why they can't stick to it so normally half a pound or pound of weight loss is a pretty safe place to go if you lost half a pound a week on average over the course of a year you'd be 26 pounds down two pounds of weight loss is very very aggressive like really aggressive like silly aggressive like most people shouldn't be trying to do that most people will but it's very very silly to try and do it um has the database mainly from the uk um you can the database is really simple and easy to use probably a lot simpler to use than my fitness pal um and it's probably a little bit more simple i generally think i would say you have to pay for it a little bit as well um I would say neither is better or neither is worse, but I would probably say NutriCheck is a little bit easier to use than my fitness pal. But my fitness pal is the one that is more readily available if you don't want to pay for it and there's a free version of it. So it depends on what you want to do. Don't try to use both, pick one or the other if you are counting. Um, I just find NutriCheck a little bit easier and aesthetically pleasing on the eye, it's a lot easier to use um and yeah you may you may have to pay for it so depends on what way you want to do it but neither is right neither is wrong if i was learning how to use it there are other apps when you check would probably be the one i would pick if i was to do it but that's personal choice that's not down to evidence that's not down to anything but i just find the database and the the two pounds of weight loss thing on my fitness pile is and the calories burnt back into it are the bits that kind of swing it in advance for a neutral check um so hopefully that makes sense on that piece um so mobility training thoughts on specific mobility training just seems to be getting mentioned a lot a lot lately i do a warm up before and cool down stretcher yoga movements after training but this is a, a bit more of a chill time before starting straight into the day um I like the idea of that it's a chill time for you. Um, I think it's really, really useful for doing it. Um, I think it's having kind of mobility can be really, really beneficial. I would say it's really, really useful for people um, to kind of do it. I would say it's probably one of the most important pieces behind it. I think mobility can be really useful just to kind of strengthen up things. Um and kind of loosen up things. If you look at, say, if you're doing a shoulder press and you have shoulder mobility issues, you may be going up in a certain angle, like I'm doing a video uh, when I'm recording this, but you might go out at a certain angle if you're doing a shoulder press. But if you're doing a little bit more mobility, if you're working with a physio, um, you can start to loosen that out and start maybe start going up a little bit more direct. I remember when I was doing face-to-face consultations, uh, before someone started with me, I used to do a movement uh, assessment with them to see if they had any hip impingements, to see if they were going to go, and if their hips are really tight, if they had any ankle issues that there may be their ankles are very tight for squats. If their hips are very tight, if they're shiny shoulders or are they nice, they're very rounded backs. To see if that side of things mobility is really really important, so I would include it, but I wouldn't be someone who would kind of say. Um, that you have to do it i would say you probably could do it and it's beneficial for you there's an amazing guy on uh called kelly starrett um he has a book called mobility wad or desk band but desk band is the name of the book um and you can check him out on youtube he's been on loads of interviews been on loads of, loads of podcasts he's probably the one there's uh rob movement 101 in ireland and brian movement 101 they're business partners they own a company in Ireland that they've really useful. That's a really useful page in Ireland to follow um, that you can follow them like doing yoga and Pilates can help you. Uh, I know myself, if you've kind of got any kind of issues with ankles or hips or anything like that, and they're quite tight doing some sort of mobility, I think Mike will put it into the group already that you can kind of do it as you're watching TV. I know when I'm doing, my kind of stretches to kind of make sure for my, um, it band i'm generally watching tv when i'm doing it um just to kind of i call it habit stacking i just it's generally being me being lazy and i don't want to do it any other time um so you can do it when you're doing that you can get it bands but what i would do is if you have any issues go to a physio to get a program tailored to you um because there's no point in doing all these movements on your shoulders when really your ankles are the issue um, so try to do it that way, but doing some sort of yoga stretching beforehand can even just it's kind of like almost freeze up the head sometimes, um, and kind of gets you into that kind of mood behind it and just gives you that like five minutes, 10 minutes to yourself before you go into to lifting. I know some people that don't do any mobility or don't do any warm up exercises before they train, and that's okay, that works for them. But if you like look at the likes, so say Sonny Webster, who's been on the podcast. He talks about mobility and the, the importance of that and what people have worked on and so mobility is really important stretching and stuff stretching may not improve kind of like um there's research and there's two sides to this argument as always it may not uh, reduce injury prevention stretching um but i think mobility is a little bit different um on that side of things so there is a difference between stretching and mobility so it's pick. i would say mobility could be useful. Is it if someone is, if someone is kind of starting out? Do I think it's the most important thing you could be doing? Probably not. If it's you're kind of getting a little bit more serious about your training, and you're working with a physio and got that for you, well then I would probably recommend to do it. But if you're stretching and stuff, where like I don't know, pulling your hamstrings and stuff, or stretching your hamstrings or stretching your quads, there's no real like you can do it, but there's no real benefit between doing it before and after but that's personal choice and if that's your routine that works um but there's a reason why the likes of the mobility stuff is brought into the likes of professional sports now like I always I've been to say Leinster and Ireland matches and when Keen Healy's coming on Keane everyone else is doing the sprints Keane Healy's just sitting there doing his his mobility exercises and jumping off the air doing springboards and you're kind of like, no wonder he's 35, 36 years of age, still playing professional rugby because he's looked after himself. He's done his mobility. That's why he's able to get down so low, like nearly ass to grass uh, with his squats. So it can help and it can improve things and increase longevity. That's why I think Ryan Giggs, uh, the footballer, he brought in yoga into United. And that's why he was able to have his career as long as he did. So it can help. And, um, so hopefully that has answered that question. If I, if you have any questions, guys, please do ask. Because I'm conscious I've spoken now for about 25, 30 minutes without i a breath. Um, so the next question is, question about VMR. So my daily overall calorie burn, as measured by my Woot band, seems to have reduced on average. This could be my spontaneous movement dropping as my calories have dropped, but just wondering where is the balance? Why eat less to burn less, if that makes sense? My resting heart rate has dropped and my HRV has shot up. Is this also to be expected? Even as I type this, I don't know if I'm answering my own question and it's all good. I think I thought you would ask anyway. Okay. Um, So with the BMW side of things, um, okay, so... Let me bring it up here. Um, so let me bring this up. Okay, so with the with the Wu band, they're great. For if you're like an athlete and you're looking to see recovery, if you're a general population, it's up to you. Like, um, but the, you have to realize that there is a, um, how do you call it? There's a monthly recurring thing on it. Um, so what I replied to that. Kind of client was whoop is very accurate in heart rate variability, recovery, respiratory rate, resting heart rate, and sleep quality. I would always kind of say if you're waking up tired, you don't need a watch to tell you how tired you are. So I would save yourself money on that. But if you're looking for heart rate, recovery, respiratory rate, resting heart rate, whoop is great. Um, but it can, people can get, I can almost stress themselves out, but they haven't got their seven to nine hours sleep by tracking their sleep. So it's kind of counterintuitive a little bit. Um, So it's kind of like, just kind of taking that uh, into kind of context as well. Um, So with the calorie burn accuracy with WHOOP, I would probably say it's incredibly difficult to do it without first establishing your actual basal metabolic rate, which is what BMR means. And this involves going into a lab and actually wearing a face mask. And that depends on how much oxygen you inhale and how much carbon dioxide you exhale. So if people have watched the likes of... What's the name of the show? Oh, why have I forgotten it? One of the important pieces in my head. If you look at any of those kind of like when, say, professional sports people are doing fitness tests, they have the machine, the oxygen mask on their face and they're running on a treadmill and they've got loads of little dials on their chests. That's essentially the machine. Uh, I think it's also on one of the weight loss shows that used to be on television in Ireland. I literally cannot remember the name of it off the top of my head. Um, So you can't properly do this at home with any of the equipment that you have at home. Most fitness trackers, what they try to do is they try to predict your BMR based on height, your weight, your age, your sex. Okay. But they often don't provide very realistic results. Okay. And what the Whoop band does, it uses a heart rate based formula that was created in a study that was based in South Africa in 2005 or six, I think it was. Um, but the bottom line is, the wrist-worn device cannot cannot accurately predict your absolute calorie burn. So I wouldn't get too hung up on that, and I wouldn't get too hung up on the exercise that you were doing with the calorie burn. That can be really annoying for some people. About I'm burning eight or nine hundred calories doing exercise. I'm eating this amount. Why am I not losing weight? Well, you're probably not burning that many calories. One. You probably you might be even eating back your calories because it's attached to your MyFitnessPal as well, um, and that could also be a factor. Um, but whoop can be really really impactful. But I would say it's not very very accurate for the BMR side of 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 things. Um, I'm neither of any of the fitness trackers. Um, the next question is benefits of logging in advance so i know this is one of the questions that kind of came through on one i think two of the check-ins one on michael's clients and one of my clients so the reason why i kind of encourage that for some people is it helps you create that little bit more structure for yourself so as clients who have been with me for a while and who have come out the other side should i say i've left the dark side of slimming clubs and come out the set on the on the right side of sense. Um I would say having structure is generally where structure and flexibility is generally where the the calm lies around food. And in order to do that, we need to create structure. So if you're someone who is not eating out throughout the whole day, and then at night you're wondering why your head is in the press, there's no structure. You're leaving it up to mood or chance. And that can be what happens with my fitness belt. I'm not saying you're going to do this every single day. I'm just saying if you do it more often than you're doing right now, you've made massive inroads. So that's why the three meals, two or three snacks premise can really, really help people. Is it idiot proof? Is it foolproof? No. Is it a basic premise and basic structure? Yes. But if you're someone who's counting calories, what I'd probably recommend maybe is enter in some of the food you're having the night before most people eat the same foods monday to friday afternoon and then friday saturday and sunday variety comes in if you look at any of your food logs that you've ever done it's the weekends where structure gets dropped and that's why people can struggle on the weekends because they're out and about more the kids are at events you're probably meeting a lot more people for drinks or food whatever it may be but if you can enter in maybe your breakfast and your lunch into your app you can see that you spent maybe a thousand calories on those meals throughout the day and you say right i've got 600 calories or 700 calories or 800 calories left for my snacks and for my lunch that gives you that little bit of certainty for yourself maybe having your shop in entering the food in can help see what you have left it can remove your mood from the situation because we are so emotional around food it's completely normal that it can remove that kind of like spontaneity around things. Well, I have this amount of calories left. This is what I'm having. It can say, right, I'm having this today. That's what I'm going to have. But it also can allow you to say, right, I've got 200 calories left for the rest of the day. And that fits it within my calories. If it allows me my wiggle room in the week, I'm going to have this bar with my partner while I'm watching TV. It allows that flexibility for you. It allows you to create structure. And the most important thing is it creates the dirty C word, which is consistency. And a lot of people struggle with that. Now, I'm not saying that everyone has to count my fitness pal. I am not saying that in any way. What I am saying is if you are doing it and you're someone who's going from 1,300 calories one day, 2,100 calories one other day, 1,400 calories one day to 2,500 calories the other day, that means there's an issue with the, the, the flexibility of the structure that you have at the minute. It means that you need to bring a little bit more, hone in on a little bit more structure for yourself. And that structure could be if you enter the food into the night before or if you've got a food shop in. So I know what helps a lot of clients is sitting down on a Saturday night or a Sunday, having a menu for themselves, going to get those ingredients in the shop. And that allows you to have that structure and saying, right, this is what I'm getting to have. This is what I get to have. Foods I enjoy on a daily basis. But what can happen for an awful lot of people is the weekends, maybe they're away or they haven't had time to go out to the shop. And then it's like, you're trying to survive on beans on toast on the week. You're leaving it up to chance. You're leaving to what's up in the press rather than heading out for the shop. Don't get me wrong. It happens to me sometimes, but I know 95% of the time or 96% of the time, I get my weekly shopping and it sets me up because I know what's in the house. I know like I've already had, I know what I'm having for breakfast, lunch and dinner up until about Friday. It's just easy. It just becomes routine. I don't count calories, but it's a lot easier. It takes the bandwidth away from things, allows me to focus on things that are more important. So it can help to see what you have left. It can help to remove the mood from the situation. It can help weekly calorie average. It can help structure and it can promote consistency. But you need to, if you're on weekends in particular, entering in, maybe having a look at the menu beforehand could help some people. It might not help some people entering in your breakfast or your lunch into it could help you. It may not help you. It depends on the person. Um. So hopefully that helps opinions on X ex- on using exercise bike instead of going for walks. So this is a really good question for those who are kind of, if you're afraid of going for a walk in the dark at the minute, I completely understand it um safety has to be paramount safety has to be paramount so you might be having a bike at home or you might want to train at home or you might want to get your walks in later or earlier on in the day or you may not be able to you might be fortunate to have a local park with lights on or ga pitch where you can walk around you might be able to go down say i don't know delivery pier with the light on or go into a safe area where you can go for a walk but if you're someone who doesn't have the facility that lives in the country and you have an exercise bike at home that you want to do uh, the exercise on is, I would probably say doing something is better than nothing to give a very, very wide answer. It can help with your car either work and help with your cardiovascular fitness, your mental health, your mood. It can feel like a challenge. It can help you to feel more motivated. If it can fit a sense of achievement. um the one thing I would say is that, I don't know if I want to say this. I will say it, but I don't want to say it. You probably burn more calories through exercise on a bike. But that shouldn't be the reason why you're doing it. If you see exercise, if you see calories, if you see exercise burn away in calories, it's. I don't think it's a healthy approach. So there's been a study done that if someone was a 155 pound person that they would probably burn around kind of like anywhere between 450 to 600 calories in that hour. If someone's the same person that in, and doing an hour walking, they probably burn about, I think it's like 250 to 400, maybe, or 300 calories. So, but that also depends on intensity, speed, duration, gender, all these kind of different things. But I wouldn't use it as a way to burn calories. Exercise should not be a way of burning calories because you don't burn as many as you think. Plus it's quite easy to eat them back, like really easy. So I probably wouldn't use it as, I would just be kind of like, right. I would kind of think of it as a way of like, how can I work towards better health, the walking, it might be your way to get out of the house and keep routine or, and you enjoy it more. If you enjoy the cycling more work away, if you enjoy walking more like I do, well then it's helpful. Cardi- cardiovascular fitness can help mood. That's why I walk. I don't. I walk to burn calories. I walk for my headspace. If my headspace is good, the rest of life is easy. Um. So do what you wish to do. Um. But I probably wouldn't get too caught up in the calories burnt piece. I kind of had to say it for information pieces, but I reluctantly said it. Um. And I think that is all the questions. I'll answer years off air uh brona um so i think that's everything so how to manage meals out new check versus my fitness pal mobility training whoop band benefits of logging in advance and opinion on using exercise bike so i think if you have any questions i will come on to this now um massive thank you to everyone who has listened to the episode and for everyone all the clients in the female fat loss group currently for their amazing questions really really useful and really really cool episode so if you've enjoyed the episode at all please do tag me up onto your stories please do leave a review up onto itunes or onto spotify wherever you listen because the more reviews the better traction the podcast gets and then Therefore, people get proper information. If you're interested in the Female Follows program, Black Friday is happening this weekend. So there is a deal that is available. So it's eight weeks coaching, 99 euro, accountability, weekly check-ins, weekly lives, Facebook group, all for 99 euro it works at about 2 euro 50 a day like you're not going to get cheaper coaching and you're not going to get the results you want for cheaper so if you're interested click on the link in the show notes and i hope to see you in january if you have any questions at all please pop us a dm and i hope to see you in the new year hope to see you listen to more episodes and i hope to see you in the female fat loss program in the future talk to you soon